Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network, previously on the Cherry Picking Podcast. Then we have Georgia Tech versus Temple. I'm excited for this matchup because I hope Temple beats the brakes off of Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech, as I'm sure other Temple Owl fans are hoping for as well. So Jonathan Taylor is is just building his Heisman resume here, folks. And Wisconsin, if they're if they want to have a shot to win the, the Big Ten West, which I think they will have a legitimate shot to do, just need to keep feeding it to Jonathan Taylor. Just let that man work and let him uh, do what he does best. He's a, a phenomenal running back, and he really has been a, a treat to watch these past few seasons at Wisconsin because that's a school that is known for great running backs, and this is another player that is etching his name in the history books for Wisconsin. And I'm telling you, keep an eye on Wisconsin because they have a legit shot to win the Big Ten West. I think in my initial predictions, I have Iowa winning the conference this season, but you know it really could it could go to Wisconsin again. We've seen Wisconsin do it before in the past. Maybe they're getting back to that level of greatness again. Then we have Ohio State versus Nebraska. This game will be played at Lincoln, and I want to see how Nebraska performs against the best team within the conference. I want to see where they're at. They they just barely survived a matchup against probably the worst team in the Big Ten. So I want to see how they fare against Ohio State, the best team. Are they going to play up to the level of competition? Ohio State has been playing great ball these past four weeks, and this will be a huge test for Nebraska. I don't think Ohio State has much to prove or much to gain in this game, but I think Nebraska has a really great opportunity here. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another show of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and I'm so grateful and glad that you guys decided to download this episode. This is my week five recap, week six preview. And can you believe that we are already six weeks into the college football season? These past five weeks have been really enjoyable. There's been a lot of excitement. There's been some upsets and I'm pumped that we are now in week six and I can't wait to see where this season takes us because there are some teams that have emerged as some clear contenders within college football and there's some teams that you know I think will make it to the playoffs but there's also some teams that have disappointed me there's some teams that have made me question where I thought they were uh, such as Clemson and we'll dive into that later on in the podcast but the first five weeks of the college football season have been so exciting and it really has captivated me game in and game out and I'm excited that we're here in week six. So just to recap my top five locks within the Power Five conferences, this week I went four and one. So my overall uh, record with my top five locks within the Power Five conferences is 21 and four, which is 80% accuracy in picking my locks each week. This week for week five, I went four and one. So in the ACC, I had Temple over Georgia Tech and I got a nice easy win there. By a score of 24-2. to It was a slow start in this game. But Temple scored 14 points in the second quarter. And then 10 points in the third quarter. But like I said, really a slow start from both of these teams. And Russo, Anthony Russo, the quarterback for Temple. He actually did not throw a touchdown pass in this game. But Temple, Owls, freshman running back, 
Remind Davis rushed for 135 yards on 29 carries with two touchdowns. So Mr. Davis had a great day rushing the ball for the Temple Owls, and he's really emerged as a true leader and difference maker in that ground game for Temple Owls. And if you know, if you recall, Raquel Armstead left the program after last season. He graduated, went to the NFL. He's a Jacksonville Jaguar. And so there was a void there for the Temple Owls in terms of who would step up and fill that running back void. Raquel Armstead was quite the athlete for Temple. And so it's really refreshing to see freshman running back Remind Davis step in and try to fill that void. And he had a great game on Saturday for Temple. Temple's defense has been a strong point this season. They were a strong point last season. And the defense forced three Georgia Tech turnovers in this game, including a 74-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown returned by Owl safety Benny Walls. So the defense steps up big time in this game against Georgia Tech. You know, they let one get away from them against Buffalo last week. But Temple is 3-1 and one right now. And that's a great start heading into conference play. And, you know, you, you got to be really excited for that if you're a Temple Owls fan. And so in the ACC, I'm glad that I got my victory, Temple over Georgia Tech. And it was a homecoming of sorts for Georgia Tech head coach Jeff Collins, who unfortunately leaves Philadelphia with the loss. And so great win for Temple Owls. I get my lock in the ACC. If we move to the Big Ten, I had Penn State over Maryland. This was not a contest at all. This was really embarrassing. And the Penn State Nittany Lions get a victory 59-0. to So uh, quite an embarrassment for the Terrapins who, you know, through the first two weeks looked like they were rolling. They were rocking and rolling. And the last two weeks here of the season have been really... Uh, Really embarrassing for the Maryland Terrapins. Penn State outgained Maryland in total yardage by 619 yards to 128. Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford had an impressive game going 26 for 31 with 398 yards through the air and three touchdowns. Wide receiver K.J. Hamler was the favorite target of the day for Mr. Clifford as the Nittany Lion receiver caught six passes for 108 yards and one touchdown. The Penn State defense also came up big in this game and forced three turnovers in this contest against Maryland. And like I said earlier, Maryland, they were they got off to a great start to the season. Maryland scored a combined 142 points in the first two weeks of the season, which was best for, you know, the top team in the country in terms of points scored. And these last two weeks have been really sad because they've only scored 17 points and they've lost both of those matchups. Terrapins quarterback Josh Jackson hasn't looked that good either these last couple weeks. So hopefully they can turn it around. I was really rooting for this program because of the controversy that surrounded this team last season. But, um, you know, great start to the season. But these last two weeks have been really embarrassing if you're a Maryland Terrapins fan. So we'll see if the team can turn it around. So I get the victory there, Penn State over Maryland. And then in the Big 12, I get another victory. I had Oklahoma over Texas Tech. Texas Tech didn't stand a chance in this game. The Sooners beat the Red Raiders by a score of 55-16. to The Sooners had 644 total yards of offense in this game with over 200 yards rushing. Quarterback Jalen Hurts accounted for 485 yards of offense for the Sooners with four total touchdowns. You know, while the team played very well, I don't like seeing penalties from a team that's supposed to be a top contender this year. And they had penalties, which I think they had 10 penalties, which totaled over 114 yards. So certainly I, I don't like to see that. 
I want to see them try to correct those issues and those mistakes moving forward. But you definitely don't want to have multiple penalties like that because that could really hurt you in a game that could be closer. You know, down the stretch here, playing a team like Texas, those penalties may make the difference between a win or a loss. So just something to call out there. So I get the victory in the Big Ten by a score of 55-16. to 16. And then in the Pac-12, I got a loss this week. I had Cal over Arizona State. And Arizona State had the upset win over Cal by a score of 24-17. to 17. A big difference maker in this game for Arizona State was running back Eno Benjamin, who rushed for three touchdowns for the Sun Devils. So we had a monster performance in the victory over ranked Cal. And with Cal suffering the loss... There are no more unbeaten teams in the Pac-12. So I honestly think that they most likely will not get a bid into the college football playoffs this year. That's just my opinion. It's going to be a tight race towards the finish here. And I, I feel like if you have one loss, you really will be playing yourself out of the playoffs this year. I'm sure there's people that may disagree with that statement and think that they have a shot. But the Pac-12 is fairly weak this year. And so I, I don't, I really don't see them getting a bid into the college football playoffs. Washington may have a case. They could probably make an an argument to get in there, but I just, I feel as if there may be multiple teams coming from the SEC. You've got Oklahoma that's still rolling along here. Ohio State is making a strong case for itself. So, you know, a one-loss team from the Pac-12 most likely will not make it into the playoffs, and that's just my opinion. So with Cal losing to Arizona State this past weekend, I get a loss as... I had Cal as my lock in the Pac-12 this week. And then in the SEC, I had Texas A&M over Arkansas. Now, this game was really close. I saw uh, the end of the game. Uh, A&M held on to win by a score of 31-27, to but hats off to Arkansas because they hung around in this game, and they actually led this matchup through the end of the third quarter. So they, they you know, had a shot to pull this off, pull an upset off. They were in Jerry World. For this matchup, I saw that uh, Jerry Jones was actually in attendance at the game this past weekend. He is an alum of Arkansas, but um, you know, there's nothing to hang your hat your head on in this matchup because Arkansas they they battled and they almost got the victory over an A and M. I'm lucky that A and M held on. And in this game, quarterback Kellen Mond he didn't necessarily have his best game, but he threw for three touchdowns, which helped AM hold on to the victory over Arkansas. So I'm really grateful for the victory. And Arkansas, like I said, hats off to you guys because I didn't see you putting up much of a, a fight in this game against AM, but you proved me wrong. So a lot of respect there. And again, that's my top five locks for week five action. I went four and one. And now if we move forward to week six, I want to tell you guys my week six locks within the Power Five conferences. And in the ACC, I'm picking UNC over Georgia Tech. UNC. They battled with Clemson this past weekend, and they were within a point of, of, of tying that game. Uh, there was a decision made in the fourth quarter. There was about a minute left in that game. UNC had scored a touchdown, and they had an opportunity to go for a two-point conversion, which would put them in the lead against Clemson with the minute left. And I, I agree with the decision to go for two, because what do you have to lose? You're playing the number one ranked Clemson Tigers. Most folks probably didn't think that you'd even be that close in terms of hanging around and sticking in that game. Why not try to carry the momentum? You just scored a touchdown. Why not try to just punch in two points and get a lead over Clemson with a minute left in the game? I agree with that decision. 
I don't see anything wrong with that. But the play call that they had decided to run with for the two-point conversion failed miserably. And I think, you know, you certainly can question, was that the right play call in that situation? Um, it looked like it was a read option play. And the there was a fake to the, the running back. And then the quarterback came out on the outside and pitched it back to uh, the tailback. And, you know, it got stopped pretty easily by Clemson. And, you know, is that the right play call in that situation? I I don't know if it was. Um, you know, I'm not the offensive coordinator. I'm not the coach. So my opinion probably doesn't mean much. But I agree with the decision to go for two. I just don't agree with that play call. And and UNC, hats off to them because I did not think they'd be in this position right now. I mean, they, are one of the, they look like one of the better teams early this season in the Coastal. And, you know, that's a situation that you kind of live and die with. And Mac Brown was just trying to go for it, see if his team could pull off an upset victory over Clemson. I don't fault him for that. I think UNC is playing a lot better than I thought they would be playing at this point in the season. And, and Mac Brown, I'll be the first to admit it, I thought he would regret coming back to coach college football. He had been out for, what, five or six seasons. I just didn't think that he still had it in him. And it's apparent that he has it in him. I mean, he's he is coaching that team very well this season. And again, it's early. We're only in the sixth week of the season. But they look like a legit team out of the Coastal this season. And so they're a team that I'm definitely going to be watching as we move forward. I'm the furthest thing from a UNC fan. If you know me well, you know that I do not like UNC. I'm a huge NC State fan. But you have to give them some credit and respect where it's due and where it's owed. And they hung around in that game against Clemson. I didn't think that they would have a shot, but they almost pulled off an upset. And that's better than a lot of other teams can say against Clemson. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Penn State over Purdue. This game will be no contest at all for Penn State. Purdue is a team that I just consistently have very little success picking their games in. The games that they should theoretically blow the opponent out, they lose. Teams that I think they have no shot against, they end up winning. So Purdue is a team that I just consistently are unable to pick their games accurately. Uh, However, in this case, I think Penn State will roll Purdue. It'll be no contest. Penn State this season puts up an average of 50 points per game, which is best for fifth in the country. So Penn State's rocking and rolling. They're feeling good. And I just, I don't see them stumbling in this matchup against Purdue. I really don't. In the Big 12, I'm taking Texas over West Virginia. I think Sam Ellinger is going to have a monster performance in this game over West Virginia. And don't tell my friend Casey, but I think Sam Ellinger is going to throw for over 400 yards in this game. That's my prediction for this week. In the Pac-12, I'm taking UCLA over Oregon State. Now, this is a matchup between two teams that only have one win on the season. And I think UCLA will get the victory at home against the Beavers. In the SEC, I'm taking Georgia over Tennessee. This will be no contest. Georgia wins this one. It's going to be ugly. Welcome to heartbreak, Tennessee fans. So there we have it. Those are my week six locks within the Power Five conferences. I'll run those down for you one more time. In the ACC, I'm taking UNC over Georgia Tech. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Penn State over Purdue. In the Big 12, Texas over West Virginia. In the Pac-12, UCLA over Oregon State. And in the SEC, Georgia over Tennessee. So now I want to recap the games from Week 5 that really had my interest throughout the weekend. And we had the first game, Virginia over Notre Dame. 
These are two teams that were ranked within the AP last week. Notre Dame ended up getting the victory 35-20. to I was really on the fence here. I, I didn't know really where I wanted to go with this in terms of making my prediction. I picked Notre Dame, but I thought Virginia would have a good shot to beat Notre Dame in this game because Virginia is legit this season. They're one of the better teams within the ACC, and I think Virginia had an opportunity to win this game, but certainly when you have five turnovers, you are not putting your team in in great position to win the game, which was the case this week uh, with Virginia over Notre Dame. Virginia outgained Notre Dame in total yardage. But those five turnovers were costly and I think really made the difference in this game. As a result, Notre Dame snuck away with the victory 35-20. to Notre Dame is a team that has been playing well. Uh, tough loss last week against Georgia, but they're quietly going about their business. So Notre Dame will be a team to watch out for later in the season. They've got one loss and again, I... I I think it'll be unlikely that a one-loss team gets into the playoffs, but Notre Dame is playing themselves into in position to be considered if it happens to come to that. So, you know, I'll really be curious to see what these two teams will do the rest of the way. Then we had Wisconsin versus Northwestern. I played the soundbite earlier in the podcast. Wisconsin is running really well. They're getting back to Wisconsin football, and honestly, I I did watch this game, but honestly, it was very boring for the most part. Uh, Wisconsin would eventually hold on to win by a score of 24 to 15. Northwestern had a slow start and they came back in this game, but it was just a very, very boring game. And I think that's just a product of Northwestern football. It's just a very boring, methodical game. There's nothing really exciting about Northwestern. Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. Jonathan Taylor, he rushed for a buck 19 in this game with one touchdown. He currently has his seventh most rushing yards in college football this season with 559 yards. So he'll be a player that you're going to want to keep your eyes on this season. He's trying to make a case for the Heisman this year. He is a tremendous running back and another great running back from the University of Wisconsin. Another game that I was uh, interested in, I guess for the beginning part of the game, I guess you could say, was Ohio State versus Nebraska, which was played at Lincoln. This game was a mismatch from the first whistle. 580 yards of total offense from Ohio State, including 368 yards rushing from the Buckeyes. Justin Fields had four touchdowns in this game, and the Buckeyes running back, J.K. Dobbins, rushed for 177 yards on 24 carries. So this offense is looking really good, and no one has shown an ability to be able to stop this team, especially this offense. The, The teams they played this season haven't really put up much of a fight. If we look at the first five weeks, Ohio State had a 45-21 victory over FAU. Then the next week against Cincinnati, 42-0 at Indiana, 51-10. And then Miami of Ohio, 76-5 was the score in that game. And then Nebraska, 48-7. You know, I think a lot of people after this contest thought that Ohio State deserved to be ranked number one in the AP. They did move up this week one spot, but I didn't think that they needed to jump all the way up to number one. Ohio State looks good, and they're going to be a program that's going to be legit out of the Big Ten this season. I mean, they're making a legit case to go to the playoffs, but I'm not going to try to get ahead of myself here and say that they deserve to be the number one team after beating Nebraska 48-7. to The same Nebraska squad that won what? four games last season. I know the Cornhuskers got a lot of undue 
uh, credit and hype to this season, but they were not a good team. I think they have an opportunity to win some games this season and go to a bowl game, but I will not say that Nebraska is deserving of all the love and, and hype that it got. And I'm not trying to take away from what Ohio State has done this season. I think they're solid, but I still need to see some more from Ohio State. And they get a, a shot to to prove that against Michigan State. They're ranked in the AP this week. But, you know, they haven't really played tough competition. The, Ohio State doesn't deserve to jump up to number one just because they, they're steamrolling teams that really aren't that good. Because they beat Indiana 51-10. to 10. They beat Miami of Ohio 76-5. Like, is that deserving of a number one spot? I don't think so. I, I think they're good at where they are in the AP. I think they are now ranked number four in the AP. But let's not get ahead of, our, ahead of ourselves here and, and give Ohio State that much credit. Anyways, getting back to this game, Ryan Day, he has a team that puts up the third most points within college football with 52.4 points per game. A lot of folks think that Ohio State is the most balanced team out there. They're making a case for that. And um, I will really be curious to see what Ohio State does the rest of the way from here. If you look at their schedule, I just mentioned they play Michigan State this week. And then after that, Northwestern, they'll get a victory there. That'll be a good game, though, the following week against Wisconsin. That should probably be one of their toughest matchups uh, remaining on the schedule. Then after that, they play Maryland and Rutgers. Those will be two blowout victories. And then they have Penn State and then Michigan to end the season. So they've got a few teams here that may make it a little bit more interesting than we've seen the first five weeks. But again, Ohio State is in another class, another league of their own so to speak, and um, they just continue to roll on. So great victory for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I do just want to add that while I I don't think Nebraska is a really good team, I think that Nebraska still has a shot to go to a bowl game. And their next six games, they have the potential to win maybe four of those games. But, you know, I still don't think the team is any good. Three of the teams that Nebraska has on the upcoming schedule have a losing record within the conference. So chances are good that Nebraska will get pretty easy victories. But again, I don't want their easy schedule to confuse you into thinking that Nebraska is a really good team because I don't think they are. I think they're mediocre at best. And this game against Ohio State shows how far away they are from being at the top. They've got a long way to go. And the game last week against Illinois is also an indicator that they are not ready to push the top teams within the conference. You know, they barely won against U of I, a team that is going to be probably the worst team in the conference. So Nebraska got a long way to go. And I don't want you thinking, I don't want you being misled into believing that Nebraska is good because I think they're mediocre at best. Another game from this past weekend that I was watching was USC versus Washington. USC is down to their third-string quarterback right now, and it really shows. Trojans quarterback Matt Fink, he threw three interceptions in this game, so he didn't give the Trojans much shot at all to win this game, throwing three turnovers. Washington didn't play a good game either, but Huskies running back Salvan Ahmed rushed for 153 yards on 17 carries with one touchdown. So he had a great day for the Huskies running the ball. And Washington held on to the lead for this entire game. Washington beat USC by a score of 28-14. to 14. They survived to see another day. But, um, you know, it's a tough blow 
for USC and you know now down to their third string quarterback it's not looking good there's still a lot of the season left to go and we'll see uh what they can do from here now if we look forward to week six games that will be happening this weekend we have Virginia Tech versus Miami I'm really interested in this game because both of these teams are winless in the ACC right now which is surprising because I thought they'd be towards the top of the division the coastal division I had I believe Miami and then I think Virginia and then Virginia Tech right right in the mix uh, for the top three teams and honestly Virginia Tech and Miami have been fairly disappointing thus far. Virginia Tech got embarrassed by Duke 45 to 10 this past weekend. And then if we look at Miami, their head coach Manny Diaz is probably thinking that he should have kept the Temple job. He had quit after about 16 days on the job and took the Miami head coaching position that was recently vacated. But the Owls are three and one right now. So Manny Diaz would have been coaching the same players that Rod Carey is coaching right now. And that defense is looking amazing for Temple. And the Owls are three and one. That's a great start. By comparison, Manny Diaz's Hurricanes are two and two. So it's not looking good right now. And again, I said these teams are winless in the ACC, which is surprising because I thought that they'd be a lot better than this this season, especially Miami. I had high hopes and high expectations for that team, and I I've been disappointed thus far. Another game to really keep your eyes on this weekend is Pitt versus Duke. These are two teams. That have three wins this season. They'll be battling it out. Duke is currently second in the Coastal, only to Virginia. So we're talking Virginia is one and two in the Coastal Division this year. And it's crazy because these are two basketball schools. Virginia and Duke are two basketball schools, but they are leading teams right now, such as Miami and Virginia Tech, who are historically known for their football programs. And they are having a great start to their season. So Hats off to Duke and Virginia. And Pitt, you know, they're not doing that bad either. I mean, they're currently fourth in the Coastal. But they barely survived a matchup against the Delaware Blue Hens. My neighbor is down south, Delaware. The Blue Hens, they almost had a shot to win that game. They lost by a score of 17-14. So Pitt, they survive a, a real scary matchup against those ferocious Delaware Blue Hens. So we'll see what Pitt can do this weekend. Another game to be on the lookout for is Baylor versus Kansas State. This will be a good game. We've got Matt Rule, the former head coach at Temple. His Baylor Bears are 4-0. And hats off to Matt Rule for turning that program around because that that program was on the brink of extinction. You know, with the controversy that surrounded that team, Art Bryles' teams, you know, from like five years ago. The Baylor Bears are 4-0. They're looking good. That's a great start in the in the Big 12, so hats off to Matt Rule. And then Chris Kleiman, the new head coach at Kansas State, his team is 3-1, and one, so the Wildcats are having a great start as well. And so I'll be excited to see who can win that game and who can emerge uh, victorious because, again, both of these teams are having great starts to their seasons, and it'll be an exciting matchup to watch unfold. Then in the Big 10, I have Iowa versus Michigan. This is a matchup against two ranked teams within the Big Ten, and I want to know who's for real. You know, is Iowa going to emerge as a favorite out of the Big Ten West, or is is Michigan going to get a bounce-back victory after being embarrassed uh, a couple weeks ago to Wisconsin? I think this game is a huge test for both of these teams right now. So I'm really interested to see who comes out victorious in that matchup. Another Big Ten matchup that I think will have a lot of interest is Michigan State versus Ohio State. This is a serious matchup against teams that are undefeated in the conference. These teams are both, I believe, 2-0 in conference play. So can Michigan State slow down Ohio State's offense? 
I, I think it's doubtful, but we'll see. We'll see what they can do. I mean, Michigan State is trying to make a case for, you know, being one of the top teams in the Big Ten East this year, and they're going to have to go through Ohio State to, to do that. Then in the Pac-12, we have Cal versus Oregon. Oregon and Cal are positioned at the top of the Pac-12 North standings right now. So who is for real? So does Cal bounce back from the disappointing loss to Arizona State in Week 5? We'll soon find out. And then the last game that I'll really be glued to is Auburn versus Florida. This should be a good game against two undefeated teams. Auburn has definitely played a tougher schedule up to this point. So this game will be a huge barometer for Florida, who hasn't had much competition yet this season. And honestly, I've been a little disappointed by the Gators. Felipe Franks, their quarterback, he went out a few weeks ago due to an injury. He's out for the season. But Florida, if they're going to be a legit team out of the SEC East this season... I predicted them to win the SEC East. They're going to have to go through the Auburn Tigers, who look really good right now. So I'm, I really am. I'm really waiting for this game. I'm really uh, excited to see what happens in the matchup versus Auburn versus Florida. So those are the games I'll be watching this weekend. It's starting to get more and more exciting. I mean, we've had some fun these first five weeks. But now we're getting into, into conference play, and there's some legit matchups here this week. So I hope you guys enjoy watching college football. Maybe you guys will check out these games as well. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week to just to break down how these games really unfolded and, and what happened. So I'm pumped for that. So real quick before I get out of here, let's just take a look at my playoff tracker. And in my playoff tracker, I have number five LSU. They had a a buy in week five, so as a result, they moved down a spot from number four to number five in the AP pool, and they will face Utah State in week six, so that should be a nice, easy victory for LSU before they get into conference play. And then we have number two, Clemson, who moved down a spot after a really close game and a, a really scary matchup against UNC. They won that game by one point. Uh, the score was 21-20, to 20, and they have a bye this week in Week 6 action, which is probably much needed because in the game against UNC, uh, Clemson's Travis Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence, they didn't have a, a great game at all. Uh, not really what we're used to seeing from those two gentlemen, but Clemson will have a bye this week, and hopefully they can regroup and get ready for more conference play in Week 7. And then we have number 6, Oklahoma They remained at number six this week in the AP poll. They had a big win against Texas Tech by a score of 55-16. This week, they will face a 2-3 Kansas squad on the road in Lawrence, Kansas. So, Les Miles' Kansas Jayhawks have uh, surprised some folks in terms of their performance and sticking around in games. I don't think they're going to have a shot to stick around in Oklahoma. They're not going to win. They will not upset Oklahoma. I just do not see that happening at all. So Oklahoma should get a nice victory this week against Kansas. And then number 17, Utah. I pretty much eliminated them from the playoff tracker discussion because they have one loss from USC a couple weeks ago. But they did get a bounce back win against Washington State in week five by a score of 38 to 13. The Utes have a bye this week. And again, I'll keep my eyes on Utah. But for the purposes of my playoff tracker, I pretty much eliminated Utah because I don't think that a one-loss Utah team will get into the playoffs this year. I think it'll just be too competitive towards the end of the season, and I just I think Utah played themselves out of it, if I'm being honest. 
So there we have it, folks. That was my week five recap, week six preview. College football has been so fun thus far this season, and I'm excited for this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy watching all the action unfold this weekend. I'm going to be on vacation. I'll be down in Miami Beach this weekend, so I'm going to try to watch the games when I can, but I'm really going to take the opportunity to just unplug and enjoy some family time. And once I get back to Philly, I'll get right back into week seven action with you guys. And, you know, I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to the podcast. Thank you for following me. You can find me on Twitter at Cherry underscore Pickin. If you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please, if you if you feel like it, please leave me a comment. Uh, drop me a five-star rating. It will go a long way into building this program up to where I think it can go. So thank you all for the support. Thank you for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you guys soon next week. Enjoy watching college football this weekend. And I hope you guys have a great week. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. With that, I'm signing off. And I'll uh, holler at you guys later. Take care. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website, cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickingsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.